0: Hi everyone, Grant K here for the Flame Premium Learning Channel. In this video, we go through the workflow of creating Morph Effects using the Spline-Based Distort node in Batch. This tool is very handy for creating transitions between two subjects or performing beauty work treatment or pack shot refinement. If you would like to follow along, please click the link in the YouTube description to download the media. Alternatively, if you are watching the podcast version of this video, then type the link displayed in your internet browser. So here we have two shots of a male and female talent. We are going to create a morphing effect between the two people. Now the general rules when it comes to morphing is to ensure that any matching actions are timed correctly and the morphing targets are properly aligned. This can help with making the morph believable and easy on the eye. So in Batch, drag out a COMP node and connect the male and female clips into the red front inputs. Double-click the COMP node and look at the result view. Now drop the transparency of the first clip to half. When we scrub the time-bar, the two shots have more or less matching movements. If they are out by a few frames, you can switch to the Timing view and offset the selected layer. This will update in the player as you adjust. Now the other issue to point out is that the alignment of the two shots is out. The female face is slightly raised above the males. We want the faces to line up to each other for the morph so go back to the Batch node bin and drag out a 2D transform node. Insert the node after the female source clip. Now hold the plus hotkey and click the Comp node to set it as a context. Double-click on the 2D transform node for its controls and press 1 for the context view. Using the position sliders, visually align the images so that the faces line up. In this example, I found that the best point to do a morph is between frame 12 and frame 36. This is important to remember because when we interpolate and blend each morph spline, we will be going backward and forward between these frames. So with the media timed and aligned, we can delete the Comp node. Next, go back to the batch node bin and drag out the distort node. The configuration on the node is source1, source2, source1 mat, source2 mat, and a background input. So if we were building the morph as separate components, any mats could be morphed with their source inputs. For this example, we are just sticking with the two source inputs, but the processes are the same. Connect the mail clip into the FRONT INPUT 1 and the output from the 2D transform into the FRONT INPUT 2. Double-click on the distort node for its controls and press ALT 2 for a dual screen split. Schematic on the left and the viewer on the right. The schematic hotkey is tilde that's the same as the Action Schematic. By default, the distort module is in warp mode. This means that the secondary inputs are greyed out. As a quick demonstration, warping is the process of creating a source spline and a destination spline on one image. When you create the initial spline, both the source and destination splines are created identically. If Link Source and Destination is enabled, you can position the spline without warping. Once you switch to distort and unlink the splines, you can display the destination spline and start adjusting it. The difference between these splines causes the pixel stretching and warping. You may already know this but it's the same process for morphing. Except you are warping splines on two different images. So delete any splines you may have created and we can begin. Firstly, switch Distort to Morph mode. You can see that the input toggle button has been enabled. This allows toggling between the two source inputs when setting up the splines. Secondly, we are going to create a set of source splines for each input. So to avoid any confusion, ensure that the source button is enabled for spline manipulation. And only show the source spline and not the destination. Finally, to ensure that you can place and animate the splines correctly, select the result view and press F1 for the input view. When the input view is selected, you can toggle between the different inputs for the morph. The input number is also displayed in the bottom-right corner of the viewer. So starting on the mail, I have mentioned the start frame would be frame 12. Ensure you go there and turn on Auto-key if it's not enabled. We know we are looking at input 1 by looking at the button in the interface. Now here's a big tip. The splines will only be created when the viewer is active and not the schematic. Under the Object header, Click ADD to create a new spline. We'll be making loads of splines so let's start off on his mouth. Zoom in tight and trace the spline around his lips. Once you close the spline, it can be tweaked to refine the shape. In order to perform the morph, the distort requires an identical spline with the same characteristics on both input images. In terms of the workflow, you could animate the spline and then duplicate it and match it to the second input. However, you land up having to delete the old animation from the first input. So, my suggestion is to set the selection mode to branch and then duplicate the nodes with Ctrl D before performing any animation. This will save tons of time in the long run. Now, both splines are currently affecting input 1. Select anywhere on the new branch and press Toggle Input. So, these nodes affect input 1. And these nodes affect input two, But the spline characteristics are the same on both input images. Ensure you select the nodes for the first input and select the input viewer. Now let's animate the splines. We can do this manually or using the 2D point tracker for object or vertices tracking. We'll use tracking to speed things up. Hold CONTROL and drag a box selection around all the points. Now at this point, you have two inputs you can track from. You choose your inputs based on the front selection under the Axis Tracking Tools. Please note that this is also applying to vertices tracking. So ensure you are tracking FRONT 1. Click the TRACK SHAPE button to enter the tracking tools. So we should be on frame 12 and all the tracker boxes match their corresponding vertices. I tried keeping the tracking straightforward for convenience sake, so just pressing ANALYZE should do the trick. We only need the animation from frame 12 and not before. Exit the tracking tools and if you scrub the time-bar, the spline should be locked to his lips. So that's the first input taken care of. We now need to do the same on the second input before morphing them together. Select the input 2 source node and select the Input Viewer. Now toggle the input view to display the second front source. As before, ensuring that we are on frame 12, reshape the selected spline onto her lips. We need to break the tangent above her lips to get the correct shape. Once you are done, create a box selection around the spline. Now we need to track this spline to the second input. So switch the tracking input to Front 2 Or else you'll get the other input in the Tracking Tools. Click the Track Shape button and analyze the track from frame 12. Now exit the track when it is completed. So we have tracked a spline in both images and now we need to morph them together. Hover over the input view and press F4 for the result view. To link the splines together, we use the LINK command. We can either switch it in the Tools pull-down menu or press the L hotkey. Now drag a connection from the INPUT1 source to the INPUT2 source. This operation links the two splines together as well as the two images. This is the differentiating factor between a morph and a warp. Now here are a couple details to note down. When we link the two splines together, the distort node will automatically animate the interpolation between the splines for the length of the media. So when we scrub the time-bar, it is animated from frame 1 to frame 48. Notice the pixel stretching across the different frames. We need to reanimate this to between 12 and 36. We have to do this for every pair of morph splines we create, because the interpolation can be different for each pair of splines. However, the blend operation is global for all splines in this distort node. You may want to break the Morph into multiple components with multiple distort nodes in order to have more control over blending. Back to our example, we'll go to frame 12. With Auto-Key enabled, set the Interpolation to 0 and the Blend to 0. Now move to frame 36. Set the Interpolation to 100 and the Blend to 100. When we scrub the time-bar, we can see the morph between the lips of both subjects. This is by no means perfect as we need to also morph the teeth as well as tweak how one spline blends into the other. In the next video, we'll tweak the correspondences between the splines for a better blend as well as use an open spline to morph the teeth. Comments, feedback and suggestions are always welcome and appreciated. Thank you for watching and please subscribe to the Flame Premium Learning Channel for future videos.